Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about a message that I put together called self. We're starting the new year, 2020. And I think that if, if you're like me or like many others, as we start a new year, you begin to evaluate what you've done in 2019. Many people set their New Year's resolution. And as I was putting together a list, a list of things that I thought, you know what, in 2020, I want to see improvement in these areas. I want to see improvement in my emotional health. I want to see improvement in my lifestyle. I want to see improvement in my finances. And I was like, man, that spells elf. But I thought, man, that's not, that's not what I want. So I added spiritual life. So that gives us the word self. Self-evaluation this morning. Your spiritual life is the level of intimacy that you currently share with the Lord. Where are you with the Lord this, in 2019? If you look back, do you feel like you desire a closeness? I think we all should desire a closer relationship with the Lord and grow in our spiritual life in 2020. Our emotional health, we want to grow in this area in the next year. Our emotional health, the amount of stress that we've taken on, the anxiety, the pressures of the world, the, not only that, but also the, you know, maybe there's, there's some things in, in 2019 that you held on to for too long. Maybe there's some, some issues there that God's been dealing with you and, and you're having a hard time letting go. And, and maybe one of your goals for 2020 is to finally let go of the past Finally, let go of the anxiety, of the, of the stress. Learning how to rely more on God and less on yourself. Lifestyle. We want to see growth in our lifestyle. Lifestyle is, is all about where you spend your free time. Your lifestyle. What is your lifestyle this morning? What, co- what consumes you? What are you about? What does your lifestyle consist of? What kind of behaviors are prevalent in your life? Some of us maybe desire to see an improvement. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe if you look back in 2019, you can say, well, you know, I spent a lot of time at work. And, and I let my work consume me. And I let things consume me. And, and it really took away from my lifestyle with my family. Or, or maybe, you know, you were consumed with other things. Maybe you were consumed with just, you know, being financially uh, set. And, and in that process, you, you missed time with your children. Or you missed time with your spouse or those people that are close around you. Or even, the, you know, even spending time with the Lord. Your lifestyle. Your finances. Maybe in 2020, you're like, Think you're like me, you're like, man, I want to see a breakthrough in my finances. I, I want to be prosperous. I want God to move in my finances. I want to be a better steward in this area. I want God to grow me. I want God to, to bless me in all these areas. When we allow the Holy Spirit 
to evaluate us, God can bring about a change for the good. David says in Psalms 26, verse 2, he says, Examine me, O Lord, and try me. Test my mind and my heart. It should be in the heart of every believer to say, God, I'm not happy where where I am in 2019. I know you have so much more for me. Teach me to seek the things that are good for my life. As we begin to set new goals, know that the Lord is in it. Because a healthy person is an effective person in God's kingdom. John 10.10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I, Jesus says, came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus came not only to save you, but that you would also experience an abundant life. God wants us as a church. God wants us individually to go to the next level on our faith journey in 2020. He has great plans in store for us. How many believe that this morning? The question I asked myself as I was putting together this message, because really this message is for me, but I know it's for everybody as well. But as I begin to put together this message, I begin to ask myself this question is how? How do I go to the place of blessing? That place where God can make the most, make me most effective. How can I be in that place with the Lord where I am the most effective? How can I be in that place in the Lord where I'm the most fruitful? Where I'm the most prosperous? Where I'm the most secure? Where I'm most healthy? The absolute best place spiritually, emotionally, in lifestyle, and financially. How can I put myself in that place? Statistics show that that nearly 50% or over 50% of people who set out a New Year's resolution actually make good on it. But this morning, we're not talking about a New Year's resolution because we are part of the kingdom of God. We are part of a new covenant. What that means is that these blessings, these, these things that God wants to bring into your life, they're there for you. God has predestined you to be saved, but he's also predestined you to be blessed, to, be, to, to have growth in your life, growth of spiritual blessing, growth of emotional health, Let's look at two biblical reasons this morning that will help us to receive the blessings and growth that God has for us in 2020. Because it's all going to come down to the biblical way, the right way, God's way. The first point I want to make this morning is that before God releases, he will require so that we can retain Say that with me. Before God releases, he will require so that we can retain. Abundant living in any area of our lives requires growth. 
to sustain the blessing. We should desire God's abundance in all aspects of self, spiritual, emotional, lifestyle, and finance. We should also welcome the growth to sustain it this morning. Let me give you an example. A farmer doesn't expect a large harvest if he didn't till the ground, the acres and acres of land. If we want God's abundant favor in our lives, we must make room for it. It it reminds me of a a USB drive. How many of you, uh, maybe you're talking to a friend, maybe you needed some pictures or you needed some files, and and you're like, oh, let me go grab a USB drive so I can put the files that I need in here. You give it to your friend. I don't know if this has happened to you, but it's happened to me on more than one occasion you give them the USB drive, and, and they put it in the computer, and they said, I can't put the files in because there's no room. There's no room in this USB drive. And so what, what I start to do is I start to think, okay, what is taking up space? What is in that USB drive that I don't need? And I start looking through it. I said, oh, you can delete that. Or you can delete those. And you can delete that. Oh, I have that already. And you start taking inventory. And you start realizing that your USB drive is filled with things you don't need. And that's how it is in our spiritual lives. God wants to bring growth. He wants to bring spiritual blessing. He wants to bring financial blessing. But sometimes there's not enough room. Because we have all these things in our lives that are just taking up space. And so we must take inventory at the end of this year and take inventory and realize of all the things that need to just be deleted. How many are with me this morning? In Exodus, let us turn there. Exodus chapter 13. Verse 17 and 18. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although it was near. For God said, lest my people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Let us continue verse 21 and 22. It says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they may travel by day and night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. A couple of key points I want to make this morning as we talk about being in a place to receive God's blessing and and, and the growth to sustain the blessing is The children of Israel, they were in slavery. And finally, Moses had taken them out of that slavery, and they were on their way to freedom. 
And the Bible says specifically here in verse 17 that they could have gone directly into Canaan. They could have gone directly into the promised land. It would have been a straight shot. But it says here in verse 17 that even though it was near, God said, you're not going to go that way. I'm going to lead you to, through the wilderness. Lest you see the war and run back home. It's interesting to, to see this, that God knew they weren't ready to receive the blessing. God saw they were not ready to receive that which he had for them. Sometimes it's comfortable to be in a place of bondage. Sometimes it's comfortable to have in a, to be in a place where you're not free. It, it, you know, it, it, it's hard to understand, but see, God knew the minds of the people. See, the children of Israel still had a slavery mindset. They still had the mind of a slave. They still had, you know, the personality of a slave. And they had just come in out of Egypt, and God knew they weren't ready yet. And what I find interesting in, this ver- in these verses is that it says that they were equipped for battle. It says here in verse um, seven, in, uh, in verse eighteen, it says the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Let me ask you a question: Have you ever felt in your life that you were ready to receive God's blessing, but it was being withheld from you? Have you ever felt in your heart and in your life, Lord, I'm ready for this? How come it's not happening in my life? How come I'm not seeing this happen in my life? I'm ready. I'm equipped for battle. But God's leading you through another way. And even though you see, you know, in the distance, it's just a straight shot. It's, it's straight ahead. We can go straight into the promised land. I'm ready. I'm equipped for battle. But God has other plans because he knows you're not ready. It happens. It happens. And what we can learn from this is that the wilderness is a place of testing. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. Wilderness it can refer to a desert place, a void of habitation. Wilderness can relate to a place of uncertainty, a place of discipline. A place of the unknown. And when God led them through the wilderness, it was because he was going to prepare them to receive the blessing. It wasn't to divert them. It wasn't to withhold. It wasn't to keep them from being blessed. It was to teach them. We know through the reading of scripture that in the wilderness, they learned to depend on God. It says that the the pillar of cloud led them through the day and the fire by night. That means that they had to be totally dependent on the Lord. If we want to receive and experience growth, we need to understand this spiritual principle that we need to learn to depend on the Lord. 
You know, it's interesting. I was reading Psalms the other day. And in, in, in paraphrasing it, it was saying, you think it's because of your mighty horses that you're, you're, you're being saved? You think the king is being spared because of his mighty men? Do you think that all these things that are happening in your life is because of your own doing? And the concept there is that, you know, sometimes we think that we can do it all on our own. Sometimes we think it's that it's our strength. If I only work harder, if I only, uh, you know, um, put more hours at work, if I only do this, if I only take these risks, then I will see God do these things in my life. But in reality, we need to understand that God, it's God who blesses us. It, It all comes from the Lord. And if we learn to be a people that solely depend on the Lord, it will put us in a place to be blessed by God. How many of you know that you can have all the money that you desire and not be blessed? You can have everything that your heart desires and you'll feel uncontent. You won't be satisfied. That's not blessing. Blessing is when you are dependent on the Lord and his cloud is over your life. His fire is leading you and you know he's with you. Being blessed by the Lord. If we want to see growth in ourself, we need to be a people that depend on God. The next point I want to go to is this. Preparation leads to instruction. Now, we know that God was preparing the children of Israel to receive this blessing, but now they were in a place to walk into the promised land. Let us turn our Bibles to Numbers 33. Numbers chapter 33, if I can paraphrase it, Let me tell you what's happening. It's a record of all the places that the children of Israel went to. Now, I I glanced at it in my study, and I was like, man, that's a lot of places. Holy Spirit said, read them. So I read them, all of them, you know. And, and as I read through all the places, because, you know, like, it's, like, it's like reading the genealogy. A lot of times we just skip over that, right? But then, you know, as I was coming across chapter 33, I felt the Lord telling me, read the whole thing. So I read the whole thing. And as, as they went to this place and to that place, and they went from here and to there and to here and to there, and I was like, man, this is kind of routine. But I felt the conviction to read the whole thing. And God brought me to a certain scripture in verse 40. Now, let me explain what's happening after the children of Israel, after we left off in Exodus, the children of Israel were on a journey. They would set up camp, tear down, go to the next city, go to the next city. And they were like that for 40 years in the wilderness. For 40 years. And Numbers 33 is a record of all the places they went to, which were approximately 40 places, if I kind of correctly, the other day. And in verse 40, it's interesting because it breaks up the 
schedule to tell us something important. It says, now the Canaanite, the king of Arad, who lived in Negev, in the land of Canaan, heard of the coming of the sons of Israel. And I find that interesting. The Bible just threw that in there and then continued on with the list of places. We're going to hold that thought for a minute. We'll come back to that for a minute. God's promise, his blessing is always tied to instruction. In some ways, we can relate to the children of Israel in their wilderness experience. However, the game changer is that we now belong to a new covenant. Our new life in Christ will have its seasons of wilderness experiences to grow in our faith, to make room for blessing. And as God prepares us, he will also instruct us. The people of God spent 40 years in preparation in the wilderness and approximately 40 different places where they settled. Now they had reached the place where God would bring them into the promised land. Now, let us read Numbers chapter 33, 50 to 53. It says this, And the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you pass over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their figured stones and destroy all their metal images and demolish all their high places. And you shall take possession of the land and settle in it For I have given the land to you to possess it. The instruction God gave them was never ambiguous. It was clear to clear out the land of all its idolatry. I want to focus our attention this morning to the phrase high places. Especially the ones mentioned in Canaan. Now Canaan is the promised land. And the Canaanites were worshipers of the god Baal, or Baal, however you want to say it. A pagan god who was known as the universal god of fertility and also possessed the title Prince of the Earth. It's interesting to note that when the devil tempted Jesus... He took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to Jesus, all these I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Now, this pagan God, which is directly inspired by Satan, is, speaks to me. Because in everything that God wants to give you, in every promise that he has for you, the king of Canaan is watching out. He sees you coming. Just like he saw the children, just like in verse 40, he, he heard that they were coming. And, and let me tell you, in every season of blessing and growth, better believe that the devil is going to be there to try to steal 
that which God has for your life. He's going to be there. He's going to be ready and waiting for you to enter that promise. Just like the king of Canaan was. Now, the instruction was to tear down the high places. It's no wonder that before the children of Israel even made their way to the plains of Moab, that the king of Canaan was already expecting the arrival. Now, the high places this morning was not a geographical location. It wasn't all the, the mountains. Rather, what it, what it was is it was a place of worship for the pagan gods. These were worship centers for burning incense, offerings, and sacrifice to the gods of fertility, to the gods of the earth, to all these gods. And God said, when you go, here's the instruction. When you enter your promise, make sure you tear down all the high places. Now, God's blessing upon your life has instruction. It's, and it's, poor, it's important to understand this because I think this is where many of us miss the point that it's not all about, Lord, just bless me. God is saying, I'm going to bless you, but there's instructions. You are to tear down those high places in your life. Those, those places that are exalting inside your heart, that exalt themselves even above me. Because, you know, God wants to be completely owner of your heart this morning. Now, I want to close this morning. Before I close, I just want to make it clear that the point I want to bring out here is that, number one, God will prepare us for the blessing. Secondly, he will give us instruction. He will speak to you exactly. He will say, you know what, Jesse, you know, uh, I'm dealing with you in your heart. There's something in your life that is being exalted. There's a high place in your heart that doesn't belong, and I'm dealing with you. Yes, you're going to walk into the promise, but my instruction to you is that you need to take care of business. You need to begin to get priorities in order. Maybe you haven't given yourself completely to the Lord. Maybe there's, you know, God has been dealing with you to get more involved. Maybe in 2020, you know, God is challenging you to step in to a role of ministry. Maybe he's requiring more of you and he's saying, I want to bless your life, but I want you to do this. I want you to begin to give yourself more. I want you to begin to, you know, do these things in your life that I'm asking you to do. Those instructions of the Lord. Now, I want to end with the story in 2 Kings 15. And if I can kind of summarize what we've talked about is, you know, the children of Israel were in the wilderness being prepared. And in that preparation, they were about to enter the land and God gave them instruction. And what they were supposed to do is that they were supposed to execute that instruction. Now, I'm going to paraphrase what I've studied over the week 
And we don't have time to go there today, but I want to tell you what had happened to those high places. It was a continue, continuing issue in the children of Israel to fall into idolatry. It was something that they would struggle with from generation to generation. Now, I want to tell you that even though the command was to destroy those high places, there was a time during the time of Samuel, during the time of, of, the, prof, of, the, of the judges, where high places were used to worship God. And the reason why that is is because there was a time when it was allowed because there was no place of worship. Now, it could be that there was no institution. There was, obviously, there was no temple, right, that was built during the time of Solomon. But before that, there was no temple. There was the tabernacle. But, you know, we see instances and verses where the people used high places to sacrifice burnt offerings to the Lord. And it was accepted by some of the prophets. And the reason why I believe it, that's in there is because I got to tell you this interesting fact about my life. When I first gave my life to the Lord, I had a I had immediate hunger to read the Bible. And so what I would do is I would go into my room. I would set up my Bible on my desk. I would turn on the lamp. I would, I would dim the lights of my room. And I would put a little lamp right there. Sometimes I would get all medieval and light a little candle, you know, and feel special. <laughs> you know, kind of get into the mood like I was a, uh, an apostle in prison or something. But <clears throat> what I remember is that I would go to my radio and I would put on some oldies. I would put on some, some Luther Vandross. And because, you know, what I wanted is I wanted a relaxing mood. And I'll tell you what, God spoke to me during those times. Even though it was all wrong, and even though I wouldn't do that today, God still used that to speak into my life. Now, after the temple was built, there was no more need for high places. After God had matured me and brought me to a place of understanding, there was no more need to put on the music because I had an understanding, because something was established in my life already. But let me ask you something. How many things do we still do today that should have been destroyed years ago. How many high places in our life have we allowed that should have been destroyed a long time ago? Habits, things that we know ain't right anymore, that have no place in our lives. See, there was a time of grace, even in the Old Testament, to use those high places because they didn't have a central point 
of worship. But once the temple was built, once there was no more excuse, it was mandatory. Nobody goes to the high places. Now, in 2 Kings chapter 15, we read of a king who was very prosperous, the king of Judah. In verse 1, it says that in the 20th, 27th year of Jeroboam, the king of Israel, Uzziah, the son of, I mispronounced that right, Amaziah, king of Judah, became king. It says that Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 52 years. Now, in studying this king and doing some research, in those 52 years, it says that he was a very prosperous king, that he made many improvements, that he built the military, that he built foundations in, in the city, that he did many good things during his reign. And it even says here in verse 3, he did right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. But verse 4 says, only the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. And it says, the Lord struck the king so that he was a leper to the day of his death. Now, God would deal with us. He would deal with us. But there will come a time where just like this king. Now, I want, to, I want you to understand something about the Bible. If I can try to explain it as best as possible. When it says that God struck the king with leprosy, when it says in other instances that God allowed an evil spirit, God sent us, it says in, in the book of Samuel that God sent an evil spirit to Saul. I want to tell you something. That can also be translated God allowed. Why? Because, see, God is not blind. He's not a God that, oh, oh I guess, you know, that king got leprosy. I guess, you know, my, my back is turned and he, you know, sin found him out and he got leprosy. God is in control of everything. He, he's not a blind God. He, he knows exactly what's happening to everybody's life. And sometimes if we're disobedient and we reject the, what the Lord is trying to tell us and speak into our life, he allows situations to affect us. Does that make sense this morning? So that we have a healthy understanding when we read scripture and it says God did this and God did that. It's because God is on the throne. It's because everything goes through him. Now, it says that this king, even though he was prosperous, even though he did all these great things, he didn't take care of business. He didn't execute the plan that God had established in the book of Numbers. He didn't take care of those high places. This morning, if we want to be in a place of growth and blessing, 
We need to execute those things that God is speaking into our life. We need to destroy those high places. Those places that God has been dealing with us through the years. How many are with me this morning? Now, let us, let us close our eyes this morning, bow our heads in reverence to the Lord.